welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Uh, super excited for this week's episode. Um, it is about the fastest known time, the newest fastest known time set running across the state of Iowa, my home state. And in fact, this record actually starts uh, in eastern Iowa in my hometown of Muscatine, which is right on the banks of the mighty Mississippi. Um, this is such a unique story, such a cool story. Um, we're sitting down, we're going to talk with 20-year-old college student Paul Noble. And, you know, Paul decided he wasn't going to do the normal <laughs> the normal thing I'm assuming most college students do over spring break, which is go hang out with their friends, party, all that stuff. Um, he decided he was going to run across the state of Iowa and he was going to try to set the fastest time anyone has ever ran across the state. Um, and if you look back in our archives here for our podcast, and I'm trying to remember exactly what episode it was, uh, it'll take a little bit to look up, but uh, I got the chance to interview the previous record holder, Taylor Ross, uh, about a week after he set his fastest known time across Iowa. Uh, it's episode number 226 of the podcast. And Taylor's an awesome guy. And Taylor actually plays a part in Paul's story that he's about to tell today, which is really, really cool. And it's one of those things that makes ultra running such a beautiful sport is the fact that you know, previous record holders come out and support people uh, who are trying to break their record. They want to see their records get broken because they're the ones who know just how incredibly difficult the challenge is, right? Um, which is really cool. So uh, I'm really excited to share the episode. I kind of want to just jump right in. Um, but before I jump right in, I do have to say this too. Paul appeared on Adam McRoberts podcast, Do Big Things, uh, earlier this week. This is actually the second time it's happened. And I emailed Adam and we just laughed because I'm like, dude, you got great taste in guests. Because uh, this happened to us in a previous episode, which was super funny. Um, but Adam's great, Do Big Things podcast. You should go check that out. Uh, you know, I'm very curious. I love, you know, I mean, here's what I'm. I guess here's what I'm saying is we both interviewed Paul. Paul set this record, um, but the record took nearly four days for him to set. You know what I mean? Uh, and we're going to have a one hour or 45 minute conversation about an event that took four days of his life. And it's really hard. And one of the cool challenges that I like about podcasts is I like the fact that we get to let people have enough time, like it's longer than like, you know, a news article you would read um, to tell their tales of these really crazy extra long events. Uh, but the challenge is also, I mean, you're trying to capture what it felt like to do to do this thing. And you're trying to capture, you know, almost four days worth of stuff in 45 minutes. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I will guarantee you if you if you listen to do big things you're going to hear um a different perspective you'll hear different stories it's, it's going to be really awesome so i you know check that one out for sure and adam is in just an awesome dude so um yeah 
with great taste, great taste and guests. I'm like, heck yeah, dude, you interviewed Paul. This is awesome. Okay. Uh, let's jump right into it though. Um, very excited to share episode number 294 of the podcast with Paul Noble. So excited, dude. I'm about to geek out about all things Iowa. Uh, I'm sitting here with Paul Noble. Paul just set the FKT for running completely across the state. Uh, yeah, man. I, welcome to the show, dude. I'm super excited to talk with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right, man. I have to start with this. So I did some research, looked at your ultra sign up, things like that. I have to know, like, you were 19 when you first started doing ultras. Yeah. How does a 19-year-old hear <laughs> about this sport? Yeah, so um my friend jeff used to actually train me um for swimming so he was like the weights and um strength for uh, my swimming career basically and um he was an ultra runner so that's how i that's how i found out about it and if i if i didn't know him i probably would have never found the sport or I'd, i don't know what i'd be doing right now so i found it from him and uh after high school so i used to be a swimmer and um in high school. So after high school, I was like, I kind of had a lot of free time and I was used to being an athlete in the pool. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll just pick up running because running was, it was easy. It was simple. Yeah. So, um, cause I, like, I, I could go to the gym, but I, I never knew like how many reps to do or how many, you know, how many reps. So I was like, oh, I'll just, I can just run. And then uh, that's good for a workout. So that's kind of what I did. All I need is some shoes. We're good. Exactly. Yeah. yeah man. Let me ask you this. So First of all, where did you grow up? Like, where did you swim? All that stuff. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm from Nebraska, actually. So you had to run back home across the state <laughs> is what you're telling me. Luckily, I had my car parked at my aunt's in Council Bluff. So I was able <laughs> to drive. I was able to drive. So I was from Nebraska. Um, both my parents are from Iowa, though, and all my family's from Iowa. So um, I actually ended up coming out to school in Iowa. Nice. Where at in Nebraska? Grand Island. Oh, yeah. Damn, man. Yeah. I, I mean, so my dad lived in Colorado growing up, okay, so cool. we'd always drive and, you know, Grand Island was always like halfway or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I was from Grand Island and yeah, I've been in Iowa for like about three years now. What do you think? What's the difference between Nebraska and Iowa? There's a lot of heated <laughs> rivalry there, you know? I mean, I'm going to throw it out. I think Iowa's better. I think Iowa's better. What? Yep. Yeah, I think Nebraska's about as low as you can get. It's Mississippi <laughs> and Nebraska. And then... um. Other than that, I think it's, I mean, you can only go up from there. So. Are you just trying to win me over right now? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually, I grew up a huge Hawkeye fan. Oh, so, heck um, yeah. So I've, I, I always despised the Huskers. Um, so I'd be like the only Hawkeye fan and I was just loving it when the Hawks were beating them down. <laughs> Every year, you mean, when the Hawks exactly, beat them down. Exactly, exactly. What is it like, uh, six in a row now or It's something? like six or something, dude. And when the kicker kicked the field goal, he was blown kisses the scott frost Duncan, love it i loved yeah. it this is genius this is genius that's awesome man well i'm super excited did your parents go to iowa yeah they did so i actually don't go to iowa i did went to iowa my freshman year but like it just like wasn't for me yeah so then i like i worked and i became an iowa resident yeah so, um and then now i'm up at northern iowa so. yeah man i went i went to uh wartburg college for a year okay cool that's like I think that's like right up next. It's like 20 minutes away. I'd be down at UNI visiting friends all the time. Oh, there was a lot more going on at UNI than. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. 
That's cool, man. Well, dude. Okay. So as a swimmer, mm-hmm. you know, I having not grown up a swimmer, um, but hearing tales of these like epic workouts, like two a days, just nonstop swimming laps and laps and laps in the pool. Were you just used to like putting in time just out there exercising? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So yeah, I'd spent a lot. So I swam all year round. That's like, it was like my sport. Um, so I didn't really do any other sports. I like swim in the club in the summer with the club team in the summer and then the fall team in the club. And then the winter would be my, with my high school team. So yeah, I was used to just like, just like that straight cardio, just like beat down. Um, and I remember one practice where we swam 15,000 meters. So it was like, it was nine miles swimming. So I was like, I kind of had the attitude. Oh, I swam nine miles. I can, I could run nine miles for sure. Yeah. And then um, I just kind of went from there. That's wild, man. Is the winter swimming like, dude, I used to, I've, I haven't recently and I feel like I need to, but I'm terrible at swimming, but I enjoy doing it. Yeah. But going there, going to the pool in the winter, there's just something miserable about it. Being <laughs> like, I'm getting out of the cold to jump in water. This makes no right. sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough when you're walking into the YMCA and your hair is like freezing and stuff and you get out of your, your cold, but it was actually the summer practices I would argue were worse. Cause those were, those were outside and, <laughs> and, and in the morning it's only like 50 degrees sometimes. Yeah. So, um, I'd say the summer ones were probably the worst. Dude, that is wild. So swimming something you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, you have a podcast called last one, fast one, right? I actually have two podcasts. I, uh, <laughs> last one, fast one is my swimming one. And, okay. uh, I have an ultra running one too, that we've done like 14 or 15 episodes on the ultra run, but we've kind of been taking a break, but, uh, we're, we're hopefully going to me and my other co-host, um, we're going to get back at it here pretty soon. Let me know what's that one called. That one's called the old man and the kid. <laughs> uh, it's for genius, fun. dude. Yeah. How old's the old man? And I hope this doesn't make me feel. Right. <laughs> He's uh 47, I think. All right, I'm not quite there. All right, uh, we're good. We That's we good. Go. It was okay. So, is this someone you met through ultra running? Yeah, yeah. He's actually Jeff. He's got used to train me. No uh, way. So we were actually just became like buddies, and um, like we meet up at the trails all the time and go running and stuff. That's and he's up in Cedar Falls, or he, he's actually in my hometown, Grand Island. Okay. Um, but like a lot of times, like we'll meet like halfway ish. Like I'll drive like four hours and he'll drive a couple of hours and we'll go running. That's cool, man. That's so cool. So yeah. Okay. So you're 19, you discover trail running. Hmm. Um, you just start signing up for ultras. Like what was it that drew you to the sport? Like what was it when you heard stories from, from your buddy? Like what was it that brought you into it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, in the back of my mind, I always like thought like, oh, I think I could do that. Um, maybe not to like this extent what I'm doing now, but like when I first started, I thought like, oh, I think I think I could give that a try. I think that would be, I think that would be fun. And I wanted to like pursue, I wanted to go all in on something. Um, and like, it would just like things were going well with it, um, and it just was really fun. So I just I kept going. And the people, I really like the people in it. Yeah, so I'll say that was one one thing for sure. Was there any like really big learning experiences and like early on in like your first few races? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I always took it out too fast, um, and I still do. But I'm getting a little bit better at it. Like my yeah. first one, like, and Zion, like my, I did the Zion 100. That was my first 100 miler. And I did it like, the first 50 I did like in like 1040 or something. And, and then the last 50 I did in like 18 hours. So <laughs> I, I was just completely trashed. Dude, I want to hear about that one a little bit. I actually, um, I took my kids to visit my dad. He was staying out in Nevada and we actually went to Zion and that was my first time going there. And yeah. I was telling him like, dude, there's a ultra that goes through here. Like it has to be spectacular. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about like the course? Yeah. And all that? So Zion was fun. So that was my first hundred miler. I had done, I had hit the hundred at the backyard, but that was like my first like straight up hundred. I mean, I was prepared for it. I'd put a lot of work in. Um, yeah, it was really, really beautiful. Um, but like, I definitely like just made like every like mistake, like someone does on like their first hundred mile. Like I like, wasn't eat hardly eating. Like I was like, all right, a couple Skittles, let's go. I'm ready for the next 20. And then, um, like I, I didn't have like any, I didn't have any salt for like the forever. Um, so I actually, yeah, the first 40, I started ripping out nine minute miles at like mile 40. Cause I was like fired up. And then, uh, and then I just really bonked. I bonked really bad. Um, I got to mile 66 and, and this is, I just completely lost it. I, um, I just ended up started crying it and then um, <laughs> hung out for the fire for a while. And then I went to the, I went, all my friends give me shit. Cause I was like, I was having a hard time breathing, like with the dust and stuff. Yes. Um, I was like, all right, I'm going to the, I'm going to the port party to get some fresh air. So I hung out in the port party <laughs> for a little bit. And then, um, I was like, I regrouped and then, and then I went back and I was, I picked up a pacer at like miles 75 or 80 and he was able to push me to the finish. That's awesome, dude. I'm writing down porta potty to get some fresh air. That might be one of my favorite quotes that <laughs> we've cool. done on the podcast. There we go. No, well, explain that though. We can't just leave that hanging in the air. How is the porta potty fresh air? Just well, no dust. I mean, all the dust, like for some reason, like I don't do good, like in the dust. Yeah. And, like, um, so like Zion was like, like just full of it. So like I was like kind of coughing it up, and I was like, they were the sawdust porta potties. They weren't the chemical ones. So these are like elite, elite ones. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, it'll be trapped in there. There'll be no air. I mean, no, no dust flying around in the air. So I was like, I'll right, go in there for a little bit. So that's what I did. Strategy. I love right. ultra running strategies. No that's one right. thought of that. No that's one right. has ever thought of that before. But that worked <laughs> for you in the moment, and that's genius. That's right um when does so you do that one you did another a couple a couple other hundred milers before this fkt yeah yeah so you kind of just dove all in what were those ones so i did no business That's and right. um in october i think or maybe so i think it was october and then i did hitchcock in december can you tell me a little bit about hitch the hitchcock one because i know that's uh iowa hundred miler. Yeah. Um, so I always like, obviously as an Iowan, you're like, let's represent, let's, let's talk about this area. Cause I feel like, you know, especially the whole entire Midwest right. ultra running wise just does not get the attention that it deserves. Yeah. So Hitchcock is like in honey Creek. It's like pretty close to council bluffs. And I'd actually train out there like all the time. So like me and my buddy, Jeff, we would, um, like probably, it was like every weekend I was just leaving you and I, and I was driving down. That's to, a drive, man. Yeah. Four hours, four hour drive. 
I would I would go stay with my aunt. She lives in Council Bluffs. So I'd go stay with my aunt and then I just wake up on Saturday, go trail running, stay the night, go trail running again, and then drive back to school on Sunday. <laughs> and I've actually I haven't done that since December, actually, because uh then I started training for the roads. Yeah. Um, but I hopefully get back there here soon. So what are the trails in Council Bluffs like? Because oh, I think if yeah. people aren't from Iowa, they're going to be imagining just like you're running through cornfields. And I <laughs> just recently like going, I went home last week as well, along with Zion. It was a crazy week. Uh, right. But going back home, like I grew up on the, like by the bluffs of the Mississippi. So yeah, it's yeah. not just cornfields, I guess. Right. So yeah, I think a lot of people think I was like just super flat, but yeah. I mean, it is, a lot of it is, yeah. but um. The Council Bluffs Hunting Creek area has got some hills. So you do uh, over the 100 miler, it's like 21,000 feet elevation gain um, over the 100 miles there. That's so legit, though. That's yeah, it is. It is legit. It's It's got like a 13-mile loop and or a 12-mile loop. I don't can't remember how many. I think it's 13 or something. You do it eight times, gets 100, something like that. And then um, what else? Was I say? Yeah, it's not technical. It's no, it's not technical at all, but it does have, does have some uh, hills yeah. and it snowed, it decided to snow. It was like the first snow of the whole year. It is the night before the race. So there's snow and ice the whole race. So it made it like super challenging. Like yeah. going down the hills, like you, I was just sitting down. I was just sliding. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, so when did, uh, when did you, how did you hear about the FKT? Like, what interested you about that? Cause you know, there's always something about going from a race where there's other people you're competing against right. versus an FKT where it's really, you're just competing against the clock. Right. Yeah. So I was just on like fastest known time website one time, just checking things out. Yeah. Having some fun. I was like, Oh, this looks awesome. And I always like exploring. I think it's fun to like, I mean, it's fun to just explore on your feet. Um, like I used to do a lot of biking well, a little bit because I, I trained for, I did an Ironman, well, an unofficial Ironman because it got canceled. So I just did one in my yeah. hometown. But I'm um, like, when I was training for that, like me and my friend, like, we're like, he's like, hey, you want to go to Red Cloud? And back in that, that time, that'd be like 100 miles. We're like, ah, let's go 125. It's like, let's just go to the Kansas border. So it's like stuff like that, like just always gets me fired up. Like borders get me like yeah. going into a new state. And just exploring. So I'd say like um, exploring. And then also it was Iowa. And and um, just like always being in Iowa growing up, um, living in Iowa now. I was like, I think that would be be fun one to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any, like, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to me. Like the idea, like you just mentioned, like crossing an entire state. Like that's yeah. just, that's just cool. I don't know how else to, like you, because think about it now, man. Like you've crossed the whole state on your two feet which is wild yeah it took me a little bit to like actually realize that like when i finished i was like i don't even think about it. I, was like, oh, God, I just another like i got it done i'm so happy it's over because i was so dead but then i look back i was like dang that was that was a long ways yeah man yeah well so can you kind of like walk us through like i want to hear the the story of it and obviously i can't hear the whole story right it, you did yeah. it in uh i wrote all this down in the notes that i that I took that I can't yeah. seem to find, but can you tell us like, how long did it take you to do it? Um, like the complete FKT? Yeah. So it took me three days, 22 hours and 49 minutes is what I did then. And 
you just want me to get into it? Yeah, man. Well, so that's the thing. Like, you know, it's funny. So people can read that, right? Like there's a, there's newspaper articles about this. They did some news reports and like most people are going to be like, huh, that's the thing. Huh? Like three days, (laughs) the number, but the number doesn't capture it. And I'm also afraid, like even doing a podcast for 40 some minutes, like there's no way that can actually capture the, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you were out there for three whole, almost four days, which is wild. Yeah. But yeah, tell me about it, man. So you started in my hometown, Muscatine. We got a nice little bridge there. It's beautiful across the Mississippi. Yeah. So I started just across Mississippi, ran into, ran into Muscatine. Um, Let's see. Yeah, it was pretty, the first day was pretty solid. Um, Nothing crazy. I mean, I was feeling, I was all tapered up. So like, I felt good. Um, was the beginning, uh, like, uh, like, I don't know. It's just, it's such a grand goal. And yet there's nobody around probably that cares or knows. Right. Like, so was it, did it feel uneventful in that sense? Uh, I mean, my dad and my mom and my girlfriend were there. So like, they're like taking pictures and stuff. So I say like, that was kind of cool. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say it didn't feel like that. I mean, I just felt like I was excited because I've been waiting around for it. Yeah. I was happy to get started. Um, but yeah, I mean, it felt, it felt easy. It felt, felt pretty good. Um, yeah, the first day was smooth. I mean, I, my goal was to run 70 miles a day. So I was like basically ahead of pace the whole day. Um, nothing real, no really like wrenches in the, in the plan yeah. or anything. It was just smooth. And I got done um, at 16 hours for that first day. 70 miles and um i got to the motel we actually said a motel it was on the route so it was like literally like highway 92 and the motel is like right there so i actually (laughs) ran ran in and then um yeah that first night i was like i got looking back i wish i maybe have went a little bit farther yeah built some up because i was trying to do 70 a day i kind of wish like that first night maybe take advantage of that full 17 or even go 18 and then maybe have a little bit less to do when you're really feeling it. But yeah. I didn't, I decided to stick with the 70 cause that's like what my plan was. Yeah. I went to bed and I, I was feeling like terrible. Like I was like, my legs are like shaking. I was like, Oh man, this is going to be super stressful. And I woke up the day two. I was like, just super stressed out. Yeah. So I was thinking like, I got three more days of it. Like yesterday was fun, but I have to do this like three more days. So then day two, what was like, did you have a recovery plan at night or were you just yeah, pounding good, as much food as possible? Good question. Um, yeah, mostly just like eat. I, I took a bath, um, which felt good, but I, I tried to eat some. I wasn't really hungry, but I knew like I probably should try to like force some food down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I think I, I went to bed about midnight. Oh, no, 11, 1130 probably. And I got up about about four. Oh my God. What did it, so describe how it felt getting up at four after doing 70 miles. (laughs) Yeah. It's not the greatest feeling. I mean, it's a little stressful, but my legs didn't feel like as bad as they did um, the night before they felt, they definitely felt a lot better. So, and I hate the mornings anyway. Like when I do all my training here, like I train at like noon. (laughs) That's the best time to train, dude. You feel so much better then. Yeah. Right. Like you're awake. You got food in your system. Yeah. Good. So I got about four and I just hate running in the dark. So I start off my run and then 
I, I almost got hit by a car on the second day. That was the only time I almost got hit. It was really? kind of my fault. Cause yeah. Cause like I was running like on the white line, which I, as the race went on, I learned like, okay, you don't have to run on the white line. You can run on the, on the shoulder yeah. with, um, on the rocks. It's fine. But I, I was kind of being started. I was like, I'm just running on the white line. And there's a car like passing behind. So there's a car, cause I run against traffic so I can like see everyone. Coming. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'll be good. But there was a car passing uh, another car at like four thirty or no, probably like five 30 in the morning. I look back. I was like, Oh shit. And I like jump out of the way. So that woke me up. And then, um, trying to see day two. Oh yeah. So I ran probably about the 35 miles by myself. Um, I wasn't feeling great, but like, it wasn't like horrible. I wasn't like super far off pace or anything. Yeah. And then Taylor Ross, he came and came out there with me. Yeah. So Taylor and I, I can't remember what episode I interviewed him, but he set the record like a year earlier. Right. And I just thought this was so cool, man. Like I, this is why you mentioned the community earlier, but I'm like, this is just such a great, like part of the community is you see people who were the previous record holders coming out and supporting, like they want people to beat it, you know? Right. Yeah. It, it was crazy. And I would say like, it didn't really surprise me though. Cause like, that's like, just like, I feel a lot of ultra runners do. They're like, they're just like super nice. They yeah. want to, they want to help you out. So he had actually mentioned like, um, cause I texted him about the route. I'd reach out, find him on social media. And um, he's like, Oh, you mind if I come, I come run with you? I was like, Oh man, that'd be awesome. Looking yeah. for people looking around with people. So, and then he called me up the night before the race. Like, Hey, I just want to wish you luck. Um, so he, he comes out my like 35 meets up with me and we ran for like 10 hours together um so it was awesome because like without him i think it would have been like a real struggle that day too yeah uh but with him he was able to get me push me through and i had a lot of support come out that second night so i i went uh almost to indianola okay and i finished i stopped at mile 70 which i was at uh 18 and a half hours on that on that um day so is day there two. any like sharing of advice like as you go along like is there any things that you really remember like maybe like nuggets of wisdom or something like that yeah um i don't know if there's anything super specific that i can remember but i, I do remember i like the feeling of having someone run with me that knew exactly what i was going through <laughs> I, I mean i had a bunch of runners come out and yeah. my cousins and stuff i mean they'd run like five miles with me or they'd or they'd um you know cheer me on but like none of them actually knew like deep down like how miserable i was at that moment <laughs> no one could like comprehend because like, yeah. i was like there were some times i was like super miserable but Taylor, Taylor was awesome because I was like, he feels my pain. He knows exactly what I'm, I'm going through because he did it um, a year and a half earlier. Yeah. So I said that was like that. That's what I liked it the best. Was like, he and, knows stuff. Yeah. And he's just like the nice, like he's just such a wonderfully nice dude. Too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Super nice guy. Yeah, that's amazing, man. So day two. Wow. OK, I, I want to know this before we get into like day three and then kind of the, the ending, like what did you have like i don't not a lot like conversations with yourself but like you know when you're going through this and you have like maybe some realizations like spring up 
Like, did you ever think about like, what is it about you that makes you have this like self-belief and confidence that you can take on such an incredibly difficult goal? Yeah. I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I just like a good challenge, I guess. So I say like, um, I might say like past experiences, like, um, helped me realize like, oh, I can, I can do this. Like, I didn't go from like, you know, um, like a half marathon straight to 200. Like I've kind of worked my way up. I did skip like some stuff. Like I've actually never ran a road marathon in my life and I don't Respect. have on it either. Yeah, dude. I hear you, man. But, um, I'd say like, just looking on past experience, like, Oh, I've done a hundred. I've done, I've done 120. I can, I can do this. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just like, also like seeing, um, other people that I know that I've done things like makes me realize like, Oh, they, I'm not trying to say like, I'm as good as them or anything, but like seeing someone do something is like, I think I might be able to do that. Like I have got friends that have done like Moab or Cocodona. And then like, if you see them do it, you're like, Oh, I think, I think that might be possible for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I love that idea of like, that's why we share stories afterwards, right. you know, cause when you hear someone's story, in like you said, not in like a selfish, like egotistical way, but you are like, you see the steps they took to get there. And you're like, I think I could probably do that too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. That's awesome. But you, you're very confident. So like, is there any self-doubt going through your head? Like the first couple of days that you're not going to be able to like get this done? Um, I always felt the first two days. No. The first two days, I was like, especially because I was at like 140. Yeah. Um, I'd say through the whole thing, I never thought I wasn't gonna finish. Yeah. I mean, there were times when I was like freaking out, like this is like terrible. But um, like deep down, I knew I knew I could do it. But um, I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to do it as fast as I thought I was gonna be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think we should also mention this. This is an aspect of the story that I should have mentioned at the beginning. You yeah. spent your spring break doing this. Like you're a college student right now. And <laughs> yeah. like, that's not the normal thing for college students to do is like, Hey, what are you doing over spring break? I'm going to torture myself. I think <laughs> I'm going to like physically, right. mentally, and emotionally like torture myself. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was the only time I really could, I didn't want to do it in the summer. Cause I knew it was gonna be like a thousand degrees. <laughs> in Iowa. Yeah. And then, um, there's only the time I could have like a whole week off. And yeah. Now, like, um, other stuff, I got school. So yeah, man. What were people's reactions like when you told people, like, I think I'm gonna do this over my spring break? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple people were like, "Dang, that's like, I can't really comprehend it." But I mean, I, I, a lot of people know I do like do these crazy runs, so like yeah. it wasn't like super out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll say this is like the most like once I was done. I'll, I'll tell you about day three, day four here. But like, once I was done, like, it's the most anyone's ever talked to me about like a race or anything. Like, people are like most intrigued. I think it's because it's like Iowa, so like they can like picture it in their head. Yeah. Because like when you tell me if you go run a hundred miles, like a lot of people don't do the math in their head. Like, oh, that's from that's from Cedar Falls to Des Moines. But like, if you tell people like you ran across Iowa, like, oh shit, like that's across Iowa. Iowa. I drive across Iowa sometimes. So I think it just like related to people better. Oh, that's so true, man. You're, you're a hundred percent right about that because 
even just saying like any of the ultra distances that people talk about, people don't really you're like, oh, yeah, cool. hundred miles. That seems pretty ridiculous, but I don't fully, I can't, you're right. You can't picture it, you know? All right. Dude, that's wild. All right. So jump into day three. Oh, yeah. I, All right, so. oh no, I know this is where it starts. Like, I don't want to say like wheels falling off the bus. No, the wheels were falling off from the bus on day three, man. I, you, you'd say it straight up. Um, so yeah, I start day three. I start an hour later. I start at six and I get like three ish hours of sleep. Um, I went to bed at one something and then I got up at like five. So yeah. I think like three ish something. How are you and, feeling at this point? Like compared oh, to day two? Worse. I felt like I woke up. I was so tired. Like I was like, just wanted to go back to bed. And I knew I had two more days and I was like, this is awful. Uh, but I was trying to say positive. I was like, my one positive thing I was looking at was like, I got one hour in the dark this morning versus yeah. I don't have two hours in the dark. Yeah. So I'm going, going, and then like, I'm just going like super slow. And I'm like, just getting like super mad at myself. I'm like, dang, why am I going so slow? I'm like, and my back now I'm like, well, cause you ran 140 miles the two days before but like in my mind like i just pictured like it was gonna be so much easier like oh i can hold 12 minute miles for an eternity like i go out there for five hours and i'm training I'm like this is absolute cake i'm like talking to my grandma and grandpa on the phone and then like day three morning like i'm just dying and um so i get to indianola the sun's coming out and like i'm just not having it i completely lose it i start crying um and I just like hung out in the car for like an hour and a half. And I just like completely regrouped. This was like the one, this was probably like the, the hardest point of the whole, of the whole trip was like right here. Yeah. And I just like kind of relaxed, talked to my uh, parents, my girlfriend for a while. What are um, they, what are they saying as you're sitting there like sobbing in pain? I mean, they're like, I was like, wasn't sure if like, cause I felt like at that time, no one was having any fun. Like I wasn't having fun. They weren't having fun. I was like, this is so stupid. No one's having fun. Like I want to do this to like, I wanted this to be fun. Yeah. And, um, cause that's like why I like to run. It's like, cause at the end of the day, like it's like supposed to be fun. Yeah. But, um, they're like, no, we're having fun. Just everyone's freaking tired. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So like, um like yeah it's just so stressful and i was like at that time I, I was like so sleep deprived like i was just like so tired like anything was like would just like probably break me at that moment so i was like they talked me through it and um i just kind of needed to regroup refresh kind of restart the day basically yeah and they're driving like what like four miles up the road yeah, waiting I, for you and, like aid station like, um, yeah they were they were a uh, very important role of the trip um without them i don't i don't make it i don't make it anywhere so yeah. like i couldn't have done it without them because they were they had the four they, they had the car load and they were driving four miles at a time across the whole state <laughs> so um yeah my dad told me he's like it's gonna be my slowest drive across iowa ever i was like yeah that's crazy but um yeah i think a lot of people I always like to put it out there because a lot of people like they're like, oh, you ran across. That. I was like, I ran. But like, I also have like a whole team of people like getting me there. Yeah. So, yeah, they were they were a very important role in getting me. It was like it was a team. 
it was a whole team effort. Are they good at like noticing when you're low and like need to pick me up or when you need space or, or whatever? Like, did they do a good job with that? Yeah, they did. They did good. They don't have like a, a ton of like experience in ultra, like none of my parents are ultra runners or anything, but um, I'd say like, as the, as the, as the journey went on, like they kind of started figuring things out a little yeah. bit. Is like, it so- hard? Like, was it hard for them? Cause they're like emotionally invested in you, you know, like you don't want right. to see a person that you love, like destroyed. Like <laughs> I have to imagine you were. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was too bad for them. I, they, they had seen me suffer. Like I said, when I did the Iron Man, I think that's like the first time like, dang, they're kind of worried about me, but I think they knew like it was going to be really hard. Yeah. Um, so they did, they did, um, they did a good job kind of talking me out of it. So then day three, I mean, I just start moving forward. I, I talked to my running coach. I hired a running coach in January. Okay. So he was, he was a key role in, in all this. Um, Who's your coach? Uh, Cliff Pittman. Okay. He's out in Arkansas. So yeah, January is when I started working with him. But he he talked to me. He's like, hey, yeah, I mean, he's like, it wouldn't be worth doing if it wasn't hard. It's like, that's true. So I, I kind of thought about that for a little bit. And then I picked up a pacer, um, probably about 15 miles. And she, she got me going a little bit. But at the end of the day, like, day three was just, like, super slow. Like, it was still slow. Um, she left after, like, 12 miles. And I get to, I get to like, mile 40 in the sun setting. And – I'm like way behind, way behind pace. And um, I just could not run for some reason. Like, I think it was like a mental block or um, I was just like really low on calories. But I, for some reason, I just could not get a rhythm going. Like I would run like very little than walk. So I'm running low. Yeah. And um, the sun, sun came down. I don't know. I usually just get fired up when the, when the sun goes away. So I like had a hamburger and like, I finally found that rhythm and I just started I'm like mile 40 and I just start going and I, and I find I'm clicking off. Um, I clicked off some nines in there and that, for me, that was crazy. Cause the whole day I was going like 14s. Yeah. 15s. Yeah. Um, there was actually a time earlier in the day where I took my shoes off. I was just walking barefoot on the, on the, <laughs> on the highway. Cause my feet hurt so bad. I wanted to get out of my shoes. So I How went from that, that it felt good for a little bit. I was like, ah, just stretching out a little bit. But I mean, I looked ridiculous. I was just walking on the walking on the highway barefoot. Um, <laughs> I'm just imagining the cars passing you. Right. Like, they're like, what is happening here? Right. So I get fired up and um, I just broke it up in like five mile sections. Like, all right, I'm going to, I'm just going to rip these five out and then get the next five. And my cousin came, my cousins came and, um, I, my cousin, I just wanted to dust him as a pacer. Like I wanted, like dusting a pacer is like the one thing like that just gets me the most confidence of all time. Like when you, when, when the pacer can't hang with it and you've ran 180 miles, like you just get this self-confidence boost that goes through the roof. To be fair, my cousin wasn't a runner. He's not a, <laughs> not a runner. He, he never runs, but yeah. I kind of dusted him up the hill. I clicked off like an eight minute mile and that was, that was my best mile of all, of all uh, 279. And I just got rolling and I got to like 50 and then my cousins left. And at this, this time, like I'm 20 miles behind the day. Yeah. It's and, dark. Like, I, yeah. I'm already at uh, 17 hours. 
And my running coach had told me, he's like, well, if you're not sleepy, just keep going. I was like, all right, well, I'll just keep going. Yeah. Uh, I was like super pumped. Like I just wasn't, everyone left. Um, my dad was the one who stayed awake with me. He would drive like a mile ahead because he was like worried about me. Mm. And then I would like, I'd like go wake him up because he he's falling asleep and then he'd drive another mile. And um, I just started feeling great. And I just like, deep down, I was like, I kind of wished I was like super exhausted and like, you know, falling out, like run, running in the middle of the street. So like, I could like have that excuse of, well, coach Cliff, I was exhausted and I went to bed and we called it a night. He'd be like, all right, cool. But I wasn't tired. I was like, all right, I'm not tired. You got to keep going, Paul. You got to, you got to yeah. keep going. So, and I was feeling good. So I got to like 60 and then at this point it's like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And I was like, you know, I'm going to get to 70. And the last 10 were pretty bad, but I was able to get to 70. I got done at 5 a.m. on that on that third day. So I ran for over 23 hours. That was wild. Third day, yeah. What town, like what town did you get to at that point? Let's see. I was close to, we actually just stopped on the side of the road and I, I slept in the car. Nice. But I think it was Messina. I was close to Messina. Okay. And or something. So then I slept for an hour hour 15 or something and then woke up got some food you're like let's get this done and i was at this point one of the main inspirations of running the whole day day three was because first off i didn't want to wake up on day day three i was like if i just run all night you don't have to wake up (laughs) i don't have to deal with 4 a.m being stressed out waking up if you just don't go to bed it's like whatever i'll just run the whole night and then also the hotel was 45 minutes away from where we were parked at. And I was like, I'm not getting there and driving 45 minutes Ooh. and then waking up at like three o'clock and then driving 45 minutes back to. Yeah, that would suck. Mark. So I was like, no, I'm just going to run the whole night. I don't care. And I wanted day four to be the last or day three, whatever, to be the last day. Cause I knew I would feel so much better waking up um, on day four, even if it was like an hour of sleep. No one had like 67 to go versus waking up on day on the last day and actually having 90 to go. Yeah. And then knowing I would not be able to do that in 24 hours. So knowing like I would have had to go to bed again. Yeah, man. Wake up. I was like, this has to be it. You have to suck it up and like do it on day three. Yeah. 70 to put yourself in a position to do it. So that's what I did. That's amazing, man. I have to ask about this. You posted that Griswold, Iowa is the worst town in America. <laughs> yeah. So, and I have to say this, dude, there's a cabbage patch doll museum there. What are you doing? <laughs> that doesn't count for anything. Right. So that, that was day four. That was yeah. day four, the final yeah. day. Um, <laughs> so I wake up, I, I feel pretty good. As good as you can feel about an hour asleep. I mean, I'm not like super tired, actually. Like, I'm just like, let's just get this thing done. We're almost there. Home stretch. And it was cool in the morning. I felt good. And then it started getting hot. And for me, it's like 20 degrees here every day. So, I mean, it was like 70, um, which isn't bad. But like for what I've been training in, it felt like 100. And I got (laughs) absolutely fried, too. I was super sunburned. And we got to Griswold and I was just not having it. Like the, the, I hated the roads. I hated the dust. Um, it was hot. I was going super slow. 
And I, I don't know. I was just like, I'm just going to post that this is the worst town in America. I don't care because this place sucks. <laughs> it just will make me feel better right now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, that was another low point. It wasn't as low as like day three morning was or anything. Dude. Okay. So I have to talk about this because I feel yeah, like yeah. a strategy, like people are like, you know, one of the things is just, you got to stay, just got to stay positive. Right. But right. like, realistically, that's not going to happen all the time. Right. Like I'm exactly. a pretty positive person and I've had moments where I'm like, dude, no, screw this. This right. sucks. Right. And so my strategy in those moments is the exact opposite. And it's just to bitch and complain and get embrace the like anger and be like, right. oh, then I feel like it's a, that's a decent strategy. No one talks about. Right. Yeah. I think. I think uh, as long as you don't do it too much. Yeah, you got to save but, that one. Right. Know? But I think it's all right to, you know, throw it out there and and then move past it. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm man. You. you just got to accept it. For, and then after a couple of minutes, you're like, ah, maybe it's not as bad as I thought. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, stay positive for 90 hour, 94 hours straight would be extreme challenge. <laughs> like, I like to say I'm not kind of a positive guy, but like I cannot make it 94 hours. No. No. So dude, okay. So you get past the hell that is Griswold. Yeah. And so how you're, you're approaching the ending kind of, but are you getting that boost of energy yet? No, I'm not getting the boost at all. I'm actually, that was probably like the lowest. It got pretty low. Like I was just like, it was hot and I like could not, I could not get going. Like I was just, when I was running, like it was just like super slow. Feet were barely moving in front of each other. So I picked up a pacer, Amy. She got me going. Um, she was she's like kind of one of the more she's a really good pacer. Um, but like when you're running with her, it, it's it's harder because like she like tries to push you. Yeah. And some pacers would just like talk with it and they're like, all right, you're walking, I'm walking. But she's like, all right, we're running to this next pole or whatever. Yeah. And um at the time it's not the funnest, but like looking back, like she definitely helped me get going. So I kind of got going, but I was still going really slow. And then I was like, it's like, all right, I got to just regroup again here. And so I kind of took maybe like 15 tw- minutes in the car and I ate. And I was like, so I was just going so slow. And I was like, all right, we're going to do the same thing we did last night. Just start booking it. So that's what I kind of tried to do. I just kept, I was like, I'm just going to try to run everything. Um, instead of like running and walking or, you know, running the downs, walking up. So I was just like, I'm just going to try to run everything. So I kind of was able to find a rhythm for like maybe like 10, 15 miles doing that. And then, then it got dark. And then I had a bunch of people out there. Um, like my aunt, like hooked up like the Iowa Western cross country team to come run with me. Oh, that's cool, bit. man. So it was fun. Cause like when I was running with them, like they're like my age. So like we were talking and it didn't even feel like I was running. I was just like, just having a good time. And then I got to hear my favorite part of your race report that yeah. you posted was when your grandpa joined you. Oh yeah. 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 When did this happen? This yeah, is the yeah. best. I love yeah. this. <laughs> Sorry. I can't believe I forgot that. So day, this was the morning, the morning. Okay. Of day four. So he comes out and, and we're running and um, I'm running. He's like, my dad's like, Oh, your grandpa wants to run with you. I was like, all right, cool. Like, I didn't want him to like, he's 84. He's 84 years old. And, um, I was kind of worried. I was like, I don't want him like trip or anything or fall. Cause that, yeah. that'll take like a fall for an 84 year old or like take people out. So I was like, um, it's like, oh, I'm just going to hike it with him. Um, 
I mean, because I, I got plenty of time. Like, I could do some hiking, too, just some talking. And then we're hiking. He's like, so we're going to start running. It's like, all right, let's do it. So then we started running a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I just started running with my grandpa, which was super cool. He's 84, and he's still he's still active. So it was pretty amazing. Dude, how amazing is that, man? Like, how many people get to go on a run with their grandpa? You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was – I was telling, I did another podcast with another guy and I was telling him, um, like he told me, I told him like at the end of the day, like the record was cool. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't compare to like the journey that I had. And he's, I really liked what he said. He said, um, he's like, that's it. You're going to remember running with your grandpa, but you're not going to remember like the record. Like when you're 80 years old, like the record, like you won't remember the record of the time or whatever, but you're always going to have that memory of running with your grandpa. And it's like, it's like, I was like, dang, that's like, that's so true. Like I'm going to remember like all the people that came out, the experience that I ran, like the record was cool. I'm happy I got it, but it's not going to be around forever. But those, um, those experiences like with my family definitely will be. Dude, that's so cool, man. Like the journey is really the whole point, you know, but I also think like there is something to be said, the record got you out there doing it. Like it inspired the journey, which is cool, but it is kind of this realization I've heard, you know, like I think a lot of people kind of get this epiphany where it's like, oh yeah, like this is, and if you can embrace that, like during those really shitty moments where it's really hard, but you're embracing the fact like, this is why I'm out here. Like this moment is not necessarily the ending, but like this moment right here is really where I'm learning stuff that I'll take away. I think that's so cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, okay. So you got to tell me like, when did it hit you? Like, Oh, I'm actually like finishing this thing like soon. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll say even with like 15 miles left, 15 miles was like my last like freak out. (laughs) It's like, I'm going up this massive hill. And I had told my parents, like we, me and Jeff, Jeff was with me. Actually, he came out and paced the last like 30 with me. And, um, I went like three miles. My dad's like, how much further do you want me to go? I was like, just go two more. I was like, let's just get a little bit under a belt. And that was probably a little too far at that moment. Cause like, I was just like, I was like dying. It started to get cold. I was like freezing. I was like way behind on calories and we're going up this massive hill and I'm ripping out 25 minute miles or 20 minute miles. I'm just like, Oh, I'm like, I have 15 miles, but I'm like, this is going to take me like five hours. Like this is like a trip from, um i told my dad i got today I, I was really crabby at the at that aid station i was like like you're almost there i was like this is like me driving from grand island to des moines that's a long drive dad it's four hours because i was thinking like i'd been out there for 90 hours but like i just couldn't comprehend yeah the, the uh running the entirety of a grand island trip to des moines for some reason <laughs> but um i got some more food in me and i was able to turn it around and, i gotta ask this dude was it casey's pizza it was not Casey's Pizza. It was Casey's was closed. No. Like one of the towns, like Jeff was going to go get me some stuff from Casey's and then it was closed. So, Oh, man. Um, no one out of, outside of the Midwest understands the glory that is Casey's Pizza. It is. It is. What Do you like bacon or sausage? What What's your going with? At Casey's? I'm yeah, going with yeah. sausage, I think. Yeah, Sam, Sam, I like that. I like yeah, it got the breakfast pizza, which with like <laughs> – almost too much scrambled eggs on it and you're like this is weird that there's a lot of scrambled eggs on this pizza right. but exactly. then you eat it and you're like that was a good choice exactly 
And it's yeah. gas station pizza if people are listening and they're like, what yeah, is it? Where, where are you from? I'm from Muscatine. Okay, but where are you living now? Oh, sorry. I, I live in Colorado now. Like, okay. um, gotcha. like suburbs of Denver, like oh, sweet. right in the foothills there, basically. Okay, cool. Because I was yeah. wondering, I was like, I wonder where you are that people wouldn't know or what Casey's Pizza is. I mean, if you're in the Midwest, yeah. you know. Yeah, man. Like, what kind of weirdos don't know the best <laughs> gas station pizza of all time? That's right. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, dude. Yeah. So what, what kind of stuff are you eating? Um, let's see. I mean, I did have some pizzas along the way, hamburgers, uh, you know, just a lot of like ultra food, basically. Yeah. And you got to have those full meals, though, because yeah. that's the thing, like during ultras, like you'll eat the like candy and the snacks and stuff. But you're like, oh, yeah, I'm skipping meals right now because I'm out here running like I got to eat something legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing that. I'm trying to think what I ate at that. Period. I think I ate like a bunch of like. um gummies like i don't know if they're like kind of like um what are those like those like honey gummies? stinger no no no, like lifesaver gummies oh yeah yeah, yeah. like, like kind of like stuff like that i don't know and then i was just pounded i pounded so many mountain dews along the way <laughs> so many mountain dews like my tongue hurt like um when i woke up day four i was like my tongue hurts like just give me a toothbrush because like i just cannot slow down on the mountain dews right now that's all. I'm also writing that quote down. I pounded so many Mountain Dews along the way. I'm like, yes. So basically to answer your question, though, I'd say like with 10 miles, with 10 miles, I like really started like, all right, we're almost there. Yeah. Um, so I was like, that's when it started getting close. And I get into Council Bluffs. And so my aunt, if you're wondering like how I like, because it got my story got a lot of publicity. Yeah. And it's all because of my aunt. She like, she got like fired up about it. So she sent it to like every news station and everything. And um, we get in council bluffs. She's got a police escort um, hooked up for me. So like the cops are literally, we're running, but the cops are, like on the road, like just like driving, like, you know, five miles an hour in front of us having the whole thing blocked. I mean, it's three in the morning. So there's no one really out. <laughs> anyway, but we're and then then i start like oh man we're really close and then we get to the bridge i was like all right we're super close this is the longest bridge i think i've it's ever a long bridge across. yeah I couldn't, I couldn't believe it i was like are we ever gonna get there and i was kind of getting worried because i was like i kind of have this thing like i really wanted to go under four days yeah um but then i was like man i really want to go under 90 95 like something about 9501 and um 9459 just like 9459 just makes me like so much happier <laughs> i was like I'm worried i was like i just gotta i just gotta kick it in but i made it like 10 minutes before the yeah 95 we got there and um yeah i made it did so, you just instantly pass out or what what, did the, what was that part like no there was actually a bunch of people there waiting for me at three o'clock in the morning so i, I was like just like i think i took my shoes off immediately um yeah but yeah I didn't pass that. I, I did. I was like, I actually took a bath that night. Like I was falling asleep in the bathtub. Like I was like so tired. Um, but yeah, that was, that's it basically. Yeah, man. So that was the couple weeks ago, right? Or a week ago. Yep. That was March 17th. I okay. Think. So, I mean, have you even begun to process it? Like just the whole, like, dude. And I mean, I, I love this about adventure. You go into it a certain way. Like you're a you're one person going into the adventure. Right. 
and then you leave it and you're a different person and it just happens and that's what adventure does and it will do it every time you know so like have you processed that at all like how have you grown or or anything like that through this yeah i'd say i definitely like i keep dreaming about it i get always like and it kind of gives me anxiety like i'm like i start dreaming about this because like I remember like like two nights after I woke up at like one o'clock on my couch and like I thought I had to get up and I had to start running. Like, Dang it. And then I was like, I said like, ah, oh. and then the other night I had a dream that I had to do Ironmans in a row. I mean, this isn't this isn't because like I'm a, I'm also a big fan of the Iron Cowboy. I thought oh, he's the best. Pretty epic what he did. Um, but in my dream, I had to do like three Ironmans in a row and they're all 17 hours. So it was basically like exactly what I did but iron man so i was like i was stressing me out I, I keep dreaming about it all the time so i'm hoping that i can kind of get away from it maybe just a little bit uh, but i think it's processing right now and it's definitely like just driving um like i went to des moines this last week and just driving on the road and i'm like dang like, that's kind of crazy like i went across the whole state yeah yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure it's uh, something that takes months and maybe, yeah. maybe a, a years or whatever to really right. comprehend like, oh, this is what I learned and this is how I changed, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's cool, man. Well, so normally I just don't like the question of like, what's next or whatever, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, I don't yeah. like, I don't like doing that, but I was no, I actually, I like it. I like it. I <laughs> well, always I always feel like it downplays like what the person accomplished, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I looked on your ultra sign up and you're signing up for the Bigfoot 200. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. Bigfoot about- sign. Have you, have you done it? I haven't. No, but the podcast okay. is like a Bigfoot. So someone bought this for me, but oh, okay. Gotcha. Dude, so many, like I'm very susceptible to peer pressure and I've had a whole bunch of people. I've interviewed Candace a handful of times okay cool and she's always like you should totally do it like you could totally do it and i'm like oh it sounds <laughs> i'm like that's 200 miles though candace i don't like do you realize this and she's like yeah i made the races i'm like oh yeah yeah, Good point. yeah. but uh yeah man i want to that i think i'm not sure which one really is the one for me but someday man like that's definitely on All right, that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, Huge thanks for Paul for coming on, sharing his story. Uh, Hope you guys uh, found it entertaining. Hope you found it inspiring. Uh, I know I did. Um, He was an awesome, awesome, awesome dude. Um, And yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I want to say thank you for being patient last week. Last week I didn't put out an episode and... Usually I try not to miss a week, um, but I was on spring break. I was actually doing something. I was texting some friends uh, (laughs) during the week and I was like, yeah, I'm traveling by myself with three kids Um, because basically like my wife doesn't have spring break. I'm a teacher, so I get spring break, Um, but my wife doesn't. So uh, we flew to Iowa. She had to fly home early. I was there with with the three kids, and then I th- flew out to uh, Nevada. This way, we could visit a whole bunch of the grandparents. And it was me and three kids going through an airport. Uh, me and three kids, kind of, you know, uh, trying to entertain them all week. Uh, so that took a lot of energy, <laughs> um, and it was harder than any 
endurance thing I've ever done. Uh, but no, in all honesty, they had an awesome time. I had an awesome time. Uh, we got to visit my wife's dad, my mom and my dad. And it was, it was awesome. It was so much fun. Um, but that's why there wasn't an episode last week. Uh, life just, life got really, really busy. So, uh, I appreciate you all for kind of sticking with it, sticking with the podcast. Um, it's, like, like I've said before, and I'll say it again, but it's just been an incredible experience, definitely like a life-changing experience. And, uh, and thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Um, while I was on spring break, uh, I made a little post about this online, but basically I went for a run in the desert in Nevada and I just kind of happened to stumble. Like this was on the side of this road that was like, being dug out they're like developing stuff around this area but on the side of the road there was a tiny mount rushmore like someone had like gone into the side of the 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 ground like that was dug out and sculpted a mini mount rushmore and i was like blown away because i was like man who like someone just spent their time being like you know what needs to be here mount rushmore it needs to be here and they were like called to do this to sculpt it out and i just love that idea i love people doing art just for art's sake and that was such a wonderful representation of that like they just did it they were i no one paid them to make mount rushmore in this random dirt pile on the side of the road they just did uh, and I looked up the story, and it's in Mesquite, Nevada. Um, Pete Carnes is a 75-year-old retiree um, who is not a self-described artist. He's like, yeah, I've never done anything like this before. I've never made a 3D sculpture out of the sand before. And he spent hours and hours. In fact, it took about 50 hours to build. Um, but he just kept going out and doing it. And it was just for the simple reason that it would make people smile, which is so wonderful. Um, and of course, like to tie it into this podcast, I'm just like, this is a wild story. But Pete Carnes is a retired Olympic biathlon uh, Hall of Famer, like cross country ski Hall of Famer. So I was like, oh, that's amazing. And I wonder if like, that athletic mindset or that endurance mindset like gave him the tools needed to go out there and be persistent uh with the carving of it you know what i mean um like you get that picture of the goal in your mind and then you just have to get it done so so yeah so that was super cool but yeah thank you guys for uh for listening today um thank you for putting up with my gravelly voice right now um just so you know i did the i did the intro last night uh right before i recorded next week's episode which is going to be incredible uh it's going to be ray zahab he's coming back on share about a couple expeditions um in in two of the harshest extremes like temperatures that you could be in he was out in death valley when it was the hottest like the hottest ever recorded he was out there doing an expedition um 
And then we also talk about his most recent expedition, which was an Ellesmere Island in the winter, which is the northernmost island in Canada. Um, so that's really, really cold. So anyways, next week's episode is going to be really cool. But I recorded the intro to this one last night, and now I'm recording the outro this morning at like 4 a.m., uh, and our house is asleep, so I came out to the, to my wife's car to record this. So I'm sitting in a car at 4.15 a.m. recording this, and this is the first time I've talked today, so my voice is, is gravelly. So uh, thank you for putting up with that. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, go check out Paul's story. Um, check out Paul on the do big things podcast that I mentioned in the intro. Um, and yeah, if you want to hear more from him or hear kind of a different perspective and stuff like that, uh, I know I'm going to, in fact, I might right now cause I'm about to go work out. Um, and that's always a great podcast to listen to while, while working out. So, um, but yeah, that wraps it up. And we will get back at you guys next week with an awesome conversation with Ray Zahab. See you then.